1: comment and share In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their 9-to-5 jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm. Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life.
0: Part up, party people. We are here. What's going on, man? How are you? Cracking up, dude. I'm good. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. Well, well, how about you? yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great, folks. It's, it's the gorilla and it's the cowboy. We are back. It's markets and mayhem. Every Thursday, we break down economic news that's important for you. So please tune in. Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at real rogue news. I'm sorry, at rogue news events. And we're on every single podcasting app you could ever imagine. We're on every single platform. We're on Rumble, and YouTube, and Twitch. And we're also on Spotify and Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. With that being said, folks, check out our paid sponsors, algofactory.tech, algofactory.tech. Look, I can't begin to tell you enough. The powerful community that is Algo Factory And that is the place to be if you want to really make a bottom-line impact on your life. Trade your job, upgrade your life. It is the most extensive, highest level, the absolute best trading course you could get. It is real education from the professor himself, the one and only Algo Cowboy. And folks, it is amazing. What a great community we have. For less than a month's supply of frappe lupa lupa lupas that you get at Starbucks, 600-calorie hot milkshakes, you could learn to become a pro trader with visual hands-on trading, proactive uh, instead of reactive. You learn the technicals, identify the moves, all for less than 50 bucks. Less than 50 bucks a month. Freaking amazing. And of course, every single morning, Cowboy and I are there. And we make it happen. We make it happen. So, and here's another thing, folks. Typically, every Thursday, I drop some drips, some intelligence drips that are exclusive to Algo Factory that I will never, ever, ever, ever mention on Rogue. Yep. And with that being said, Cowboy, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
2: Uh, man, just uh, we had some some good shows today. We had our free. Um, our free version. So basically that's over at the algo Factory channel on YouTube. I think we can put the link in the, uh, what do you
0: call it? The description box. I'll have it in there.
2: Yeah. Description box, or at least I can do this because I'm an admin on Twitch. I think I can actually put links in here. So let's see. I just put a link to our live YouTube. So if you are interested in algo factory, interested in trading, interested in just learning, uh, 30 minutes before we do our daily live lab for our private group we actually broadcast live on youtube we answer questions um of course our private group people do have the um uh priority when it comes to the questions but anybody who is on watching on youtube can ask questions we'll see if we can answer them for you um so you know come on do that it's at 8 30 no what time is it at on est yeah 8 30 est every day friday's a week uh, Monday through Friday. And then, of course, uh, we have live trading. Uh, you know, it's it's live trading. A lot of it is just live QA um, every day, those same five days a week. If there is a good trade, I will talk about what I'm doing. Of course, you uh, have to make your own decisions, do your own research. And that also goes for anything we say on this podcast and any other. None of it is investment advice. Consult licensed investment advisor before risking your money on markets because you can lose money and our opinions are our own and not of any other company that we talk about. <clears throat> so uh, today I was kind of thinking that we might talk a little bit about LIBOR. We, you know, it's, yeah. it's a big subject. We've been talking about LIBOR, you know, on and off this channel forever. Um, you know, since this channel existed, since Rogue's been around, LIBOR has been something you've been talking about. And I think a lot of people don't understand it um, and we could get into it. I know it's going to be a 45 minute show today. I think we're going to be done at 1230 EST, right? Yep. Um, so if that's the case, you know, we'll just kind of jump right into it and skip all the all the funny stuff. Um, you know, just a couple of, of uh, headline data, if you will, that came out this week. Um, and most of what's going to matter is related to the U.S. Uh, retail sales data that came out at 8:30 a.m. EST on Tuesday came out weak, uh, lower than expected. Which, of course, that would normally at this point. Um, drive the dollar down, drive assets up, because the market assumption is that they're going to pivot sooner, money will become cheaper. And when the Fed pivots and money becomes cheaper, more people invest because all of investing at a large level is done with borrowed money anymore. Um, You know, that's, I I mean, I don't know, I'm willing to guess that 98% of investment money, when you combine retail and institutional is probably all borrowed money. Um, so, you know, that being the case, when money becomes cheaper, 98% of what goes into the market is going to be more plentiful and you see the market go up, but here's the thing about it. Um, that might be true over time, but when the fed pivot happens, historically, we've gone over this chart, I'd say every other week on this show and understand that the fed pivot generally is, uh, pre, it precedes actually a dump in the market. And sometimes it can be a substantial dump in the market. Okay. So, um, there are a few theories about this. Those theories are fine. They matter and they don't. Um, but what does matter is that's the trend. So when you hear, um, what do you call it? When you hear a Fed pivot and everybody gets excited for the market and everybody goes long, everybody goes like they want to buy equities. Um, I'm going to be long in the dollar or <laughs> not the dollar, but I'm, let's just say I want to be short in equities um, at that point. I'm going to definitely either not buy uh, equities or short them. We got Annie in there in the chat room saying, let's do the ADX pivot. Yeah. (laughs) You bringing in some of the, uh, bringing in some of that good stuff from our uh, private group. ADX is a, it's a volatility indicator that when combined with other indicators is pretty viable. Um, But again, so uh, backing into the, uh, the data here, retail sales is showing lower than usual. Um, You know, a lot of these numbers are fake, um, but at the same time as fake as they might be, Uh, They are going to affect the market. And so we have to understand how that works. Um, And just, I I don't trade those news uh, moments. They tend to be just um, a time when the banks are going to rob you out of your trades. i wait until that information is passed. And then I go ahead and look for entries. Okay. Um, The next bit of data, and and this is forexfactory.com that I'm looking at. Um, We do use tradingview.com for, um, at least I use tradingview.com for my trading. And that data is all on TradingView.com. We got Vela's in the house. Welcome, my friend. Um, so now on Thursday, we had the unemployment class today. Um, unemployment claims came out. I, I need to refresh actually um, to see what they said, but they did come out today. And unemployment was higher than expected. Um, so, on GP and, and, and unemployment, so gross domestic product. Um, that is described as annualized change in the value of all goods and services produced by the economy um, apparently that has gone up by 1.3 percent but remember a lot of GDP um, is going to be from just like you know public programs and uh, I'll take you back to my university which surprisingly was teaching some good stuff about economics and one of those things that universities teach is that price is determined and best determined by the willingness to buy versus when it meets the willingness to accept. So essentially two people who volitionally agree to buy something who of their own volition, they're not forced to purchase anything. And the price is a come to, it's a bargain. People come to an agreement on price. That is the most efficient way to set price. And price is the most important mechanism that there is in like the world. Okay, so you know when it comes to economics and really when it comes to politics because politics is as the grill likes to say downstream from economics. So, the way that everything works when it comes to economics is that price is the signal. It's the magic signal, it is the heartbeat of the invisible hand of the market. And price is going to um, pretty much determine where goods go, who buys them, and it's just it's the best way to determine value as long as price is determined through volitional means. Now, when you have a third party intervene, what happens is that third party is going to, first of all, have an interest because they always do. They're going to probably suck up some of the money and they're probably going to have something to do with setting the price and they're going to have something to do with determining who gets what goods. In this case, it's the government. When the government comes in and sets a price and sets the terms and then decides who gets what, that is not two people coming to an agreement. Okay. And now whenever that happens, and again, they taught this like economics 101. Um, This is upper division though, actually. So uh, long story short, it was uh, upper division micro. And what they were saying was that that loss to society is measurable. Um, the best way to set price on a large scale is an auction and the order book when you trade, the order book is literally an auction. Okay. So, Um, In this case, GDP is going to be widely determined by government programs. So the government is taking money from people. Some call it taxation. Others, like myself, call it theft. And they take that money and they determine who gets what money and what money goes to what programs. And then they write the programs themselves and then they implement the programs. And the people who actually made the money in the first place and from that money, uh, from whom that money is taken, thieved, taxed, whatever you want to say, they are no longer having 100% influence on uh, on where that money goes, on what that money is buying. And then, of course, the government directly contributes to a loss to society. Now, socialists tend to want to maximize this government intervention in spending. And that's by their very nature. They are totalitarian. You cannot have socialism without totalitarianism, okay? And when you do that, you're literally holding back progress in society. And the funny thing is they call themselves progressives. But the reality is that commerce is what stops countries from going to war. Commerce is what allows cultures to mingle in the most effective way. Ah. Yep. And when you take away price and when you kill commerce, you're stopping progress. You're walling people off, and you're literally holding back society. So, socialists, leftists, you are unnoticed. You're holding back society. You need to stop calling yourself progressives, and you need to start calling yourself regressives. And There's another term that begins with R-E that I would like to use, but I don't use that word. Okay? It sounds with – and it rhymes with tater. It rhymes with uh, lard. Yeah, re – and yeah, yeah, rhymes with lard. Right. All right, so – That is the uh, theory behind why GDP is a bad measure, because that is basically a measure of taking money from people and making an inefficient version of what kind of product we have, because there is a loss to society created by the government. The smaller the government gets, the better things are just how it is. All right. So unemployment claims are higher. Um, And are those numbers real? I don't know. Uh, But that number did actually move the market a bit today. As it always does, it was just a little bit. I'm sorry, unemployment claims are lower. Forgive me. So the number is green because it's quote unquote good because less people are claiming unemployment on a month over month basis. Uh, this should be, it doesn't say month over month, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Let's see. Unemployment the past week released weekly. Okay. So the unemployment claims, I guess this is week over week, I'm assuming. Um, see March 8th. Yeah. So this is week over week. So we had a little bit less than last week. It's trending. Let's see. Uh, May 18th, 242. May 11th, 264. All right. It's just back and forth over the weeks. So, um, and again, unemployment claims are measurable. Um, you know, that's that's a good one. Tomorrow we have a uh, core PCE price index. So that's going to be actually a pretty hot, high impact event. Um, essentially, it's it's like the CPI almost it's, um, has to, you know, it's an inflation metric. So that might actually be a strong move on the markets at eight thirty AM. So if one is trading tomorrow, um, around that time, around 830 EST, um, I would definitely be either tightening up stops or considering, um, exiting and looking to reenter after the waves are done crashing from that data being put out. Okay. So, um, a couple of other, uh, we can call it housekeeping before we get into LIBOR. Um, This is, I always like to, to uh, show how ESG is dying because it is a uh, it's just, it's, it's socialism. It's forced spending. It's putting money where money does not naturally want to go. Okay. So if ESG was so good, if ESG was really such a great thing, there would be no need for these NGOs and these governments and these,
0: right.
2: you know, asset managers and everybody else to push it. It would push itself because it would be profitable because it would be good for commerce, because commerce is good for the world, because commerce allows civilization to thrive. ESG is actually by its very definition, I should say by the very mechanism that it is forced down our throats. ESG is bad because if ESG is good, it wouldn't be forced. Okay. Right. So it's dying. It's going to die. I know a lot of people still put money in it. And when they're forcing money into something, they can get short-term profits off of it. A small amount of people can. But in the end, it drags society down. Um, I do see the value in being good to the environment. The social stuff, I don't care about. Um, but it's, at the it's, same it's time, another, it's
0: another Ponzi scheme. It's all it it's is. Pon- yeah, it's a huge it's it Ponzi is. scheme. And here's the thing, if, if, if ESP was so damn great, Budweiser would be through the roof right about now. <laughs> yeah. Bud Light yeah. would be going gangbusters.
2: Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm gonna go along on Tux. Tux? You don't know oh, about Tux? Oh
0: but if you oh, I was gonna say something crass, but I'm not I will refrain. It's not because it's not <laughs> Yeah, we're trying it's, to keep it's it. It's not it's not cuss with gus, so I won't say it.
2: Yeah, we're not yeah, you gotta be that's like a cuss with gus um i I had a i had a pretty funny comment i can't say either just for that reason um but long story short it's just you know what i'm not going to go into the the details here but the headlines enough germany is turning against the eu's green new deal um common sense to the forefront so we are seeing the worm turn a bit across the world especially germany which is pretty much a cucked country i love germany i love the germans i have german family i have german German cars
0: i love them they're the best vehicles German cars.
2: Yeah, no, I've I've had like I mean seriously, I I like their culture. I really enjoy it, but um, that. they have been cooked, awesome. so they they'll, they'll come back
0: eventually. I think that uh, Belgian beer is perhaps even better than than German beer, but Belgium's influenced by Germany anyway, so it doesn't matter. Ah, oh, love it. Right? a <laughs> German language It's great.
2: Ronan Returns was talking about this uh, uh, missing sixty thousand pounds of ammonium nitrate. So there was a, uh, and this is in the comments and.
0: 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, 2. Yeah, so the, there trillion was a trillion. That... It's just, uh, I'm sure there's a rational explanation, cowboy.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, that is basically, um, they're saying that this train with this, uh, you know, large container, uh, they left the bottom open and the ammonium nitrate was gone by the time it arrived where it was supposed to go. And oh. where did it go? All must was have like, just fallen I... out of the hole.
0: It's like a, a Road Runner and Wile E. Coyote cartoon where the where the dynamite powder just like is leaking all the way through. Yeah, yeah, makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. It
2: makes sense. Look, I don't know if anybody's ever had any experience with the railroads. Um, I know a little bit, and it's unionized, and there are some very strict protocols when it comes to the railroad, um, which suggests that these derailments are probably either due to very very bad old equipment, or maybe something nefarious, um, but tightening down that bottom port on those is like it, it, i mean that's just that's just like standard stuff that's like that's like getting in the car and turning the key i mean it's so simple i mean that that kind of crap doesn't happen um but 60,000 pounds of that stuff i mean there is all, of course the question where okay where did that really go is that going to be like uh something happens and it's some event that just causes us to lose freedom and it's oh well that must have been where that ammonium nitrate went you know like um uh, vela's that's in the ex- house
0: vela's saying the derailments are payback he's gonna he's gonna break that down tomorrow so make sure you guys absolutely tune in tomorrow vela's a show v for velas
2: yeah i think i know where Vella's might be going with that um you know there's the whole railroad fight and um you know that might be a, a part of that fight so I'm not going to even go there because I'm only, I, I, at best, I'm speculating, not my department. Um, so also, this is a really good uh, part of the theme that I've had for a couple months here where you have things going the wrong way. Um, you have one, you know, uh, things that should be correlating that are inverse and things that are inverse that should be correlating. And you have the DAX, which is like the German, um, you know, uh, Dow, if you will. And that's at record high. And yet, uh, you know, Germany is hitting a recession. So this is where you're seeing stagflation. Um, You know, you're seeing price inflation, but you're seeing, um, you know, the rest of the issues throughout the economy where, um, you know, like wages are, I imagine they're going down. I mean, they're going into a, um, you know, they're going into a, uh, a recession. It's no bueno. So when you have a high market, everything should be going well. But what that says is that, okay, a lot of people hold their wealth in the market, 401ks, in our country um and so if the market's going high then everybody's retirement accounts look good um so you know you i mean you would think okay well at least people's wealth is expanding of course it's a ponzi scheme because it's fueled by fake dollars and all that
0: it's complete bullshit if it's, anybody it's, has yes. a 401k call up call up anybody that has a 401k a retirement account a mutual fund whatever the hell you have not even even ones that you control right Call them up right now. Call up Fidelity. Call up Vanguard. Say, hey, you, you know what? Can you? I would like to liquidate my account. Can, you, can I have it done by the end of the week? Guarantee you they don't have it. Guarantee you they'll be like, oh, it's going to take about you know 20 to 30 days. And you're going to have to sign a whole bunch of papers and blah, blah, blah. Why? They got to go get it. Because all the stuff you're putting into your mutual funds with all these financial firms, they're all been pledged. They're all been rehypothecated. They're all been derivatized and they're being traded on the back end as bets. It's all bullshit. Just, Nobody has any I mean, no, uh, liquid as hell.
2: If you liquidate your 401k, you tend to incur a pretty large penalty, too. I think it's about 20 Yeah, yeah if, you're,
0: if you're under 59. You, you yeah, 59. Get, and there might be some... Nine.
2: Also, it may have to do with whatever, um, yeah. whatever uh, contract you have through your company, through your uh, 401k provider. Correct. Um, but also, what you can do, and it might not be quite so... Uh, quite so... Um, uh, slow it's just have it moved to a money market you know, you, now it might be you can only do it once a quarter but um you know you can always have your 401k just moved over to a money market and out of stocks out of the mutual yep. funds so um but i like i say i think that's a that's a calendar thing i think they only allow that once a quarter so if there's a flash crash of some kind and everything just, you know, falls if, in, if there, in five weeks, like the COVID
0: crash, you know. Then watch your four oh one K become a point K.
2: Yeah, but if you can get it into a money market account, that'll that'll pretty much um, help to stave off the losses incurred in such an event. So not financial or investment advice, contact your for entertainment licensed purposes investment advice only. For yeah, entertainment purposes only.
0: purposes only. That's a fact.
2: Yeah, entertainment only.
0: And, and uh, we, yeah, yes, you can go through Gus. Gus is special. That's what I keep saying, "Come on, um, Annie! How, like, how long have you been on the show? Come on, Annie! That's why I always say, <laughs> you know, don't let your four k become a one on one k. Grab your financial life by the balls. Call Gus D, Mister Will Lear over at perpetualassets.com That's the pitch. That's the pitch. Yes, yeah, caveat emptor,
2: as uh, Gus would say. Um, I don't know. I always just say caveat. I don't know what the rest of the Latin means. You don't need um, a million. If you got like
0: it, 10K, you can move it No,
2: away. no, no. But there's a caveat. You need to know it. Um, so if you're going to go through Gus, it needs to be in a qualified account and you cannot be working for that employer at the time. You have to be retired or in between jobs. Yep. So if you're like working somewhere and you have a 401K and you're still working at that place, then chances are you cannot work with Gus. Um, and if you are not, if it's not in a qualified account of some kind, whether it's a SEP IRA or anything like that, then I don't I don't think you can work through Gus. But it doesn't hurt to give Gus or Will a call. They
0: give them a call; they might have some newer products and solutions.
2: They might have some newer products or something else they can work with, yep. or you can at least get uh, set up. So, and if you want somebody nice, call Will. All right, so if you want uh,
0: to call yeah, you <laughs> laugh,
2: call Gus. Yeah, you want to laugh? Call Gus. So here is. Um, 21%. Yeah, this is on Valuetainment. Great. Uh my, One of my buddies has been following Valuetainment for a while. And then I know uh Vela uh, put a really good video yesterday that I covered last week briefly from Valuetainment. But this
0: is really good uh work right here. I'll, I'll, um, I'll touch and go with Pat, but go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, you just, you know what it is. Pat like, is his like domestic
0: your, stuff. Internationally, these guys don't know dip, diddly, diddly, diddly squat. But
2: uh, No, like no. Their Here's the thing about stuff. it. Like, okay, you got it. It doesn't matter who your outlet is, right? you have to look at the data and make your own discernment. If you're just blindly reading zero hedge and you're not asking questions, then you're going to be in trouble there too. You know, um, zero hedge, in my opinion is probably the best aggregator out there. Um, but, uh, at the same time, yeah, you know, but Pat's good. You know, he's got, he's, he's got a good nose for uh, what's happening with, um, like real estate and stuff like that, which this is the, uh, the subject matter of this article. Um, and it's just to show what happens in like, Blue cities versus say red cities, or blue cities and blue states versus purple cities and red states. I think Miami might be a little bit purple. Um, but at, under any circumstance, there's a 21% gap in price growth between Miami and San Francisco in the housing market. Um, and obviously, like San Fran, we know about it. There's feces on the streets, needles. Um, you know, you have this, uh, I'm sure it's Soros appointed everybody running the city. Um, wasn't their mayor like some kind of criminal or something? Wasn't the, what, the mayor?
0: Francisco?
2: Yeah, some somebody important in San Francisco ended up being like a criminal. Oh, yeah. uh, that was Mayor
0: Willie. That's that, that's uh, that's uh, uh Kamala Harris's. Uh, she she's she was a fluffer in his uh, in his office and for this guy, running, yeah. Uh, where the mayor of San Francisco?
2: Yeah, oh. so I mean, you know, you got a lot of corruption in San Fran. Um, in fact, what was really interesting, if you guys and gals have not heard the Tuesday show with Tom Longo, you got to go check it out. Epic um, show, man.
0: Epic, epic show and
2: i listened to it twice in a row yesterday twice yep. in a row yep. and during those moments i was actually like rewinding just to make sure i got everything
0: yep um Freaking you know, awesome, it's, show. It's
2: awesome show and one of the things that stuck out that i did not know or at least hadn't heard um was that there seems to be a bit of a fight between the new york fed and the san fran fed yep, there is so um and you know i mean i can imagine the san francisco fed just by the very nature of its location <laughs> is probably full of the wrong people <laughs> well yeah
0: yeah it is it is yeah so that's,
2: there is uh, a, a
0: video of you pranking me cowboy i don't know if you know this oh is there there is a video of you pranking me and i don't like it you, you and i were i was helping you move something we, we we got a van and then and then all of a sudden you did this and it's very not i, I don't appreciate this at all cowboy Look, all right this is i can't believe you did this to me Serious. What
2: exactly is in his hand? Is that a hot dog?
0: It's a it's a kielbasa.
2: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god! did. yo. <laughs> Yeah, that's the ultimate prank. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Calvin, that's like something that you and I would do with one of our friends. <laughs>
2: that's terrible. And it's like it's like he opened his mouth for it too. That's the weird part. <laughs> oh my
0: god! He's looking at him straight in the eye. It like, hey, takes a second. Who are you, mother? <laughs> Oh, oh, that
2: man. is terrible. Oh, yeah. um, all right. All right. All right. Funny so, um, look, we got uh, <laughs> we got about, what, 15 minutes left, a little more than that. Oh, yeah, um, so here's the thing. We talk about LIBOR, and we know it stands, what, London Interbank Overnight Rate. Okay. Um, so, but what we don't do is we don't actually necessarily define what it is. All right. So I like to go to Trusty Investopedia for that. Um, I'm going to share a screen here. Hold on. Let's see here, <laughs> that's <so> funny. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: you gotta send that to me on uh, on the private chat so I can. Yeah,
0: done. All
2: right, and then I gotta have you uh, share the uh, screen that I'm sharing. Yep. All right, there we go. Okay, so London interbank offered rate. I thought it was overnight rate, but it's the offered rate. All right, so it's a short-term rate where banks lend each other money. Okay. now, of course, you have the Fed funds rate or over there is the Bank of England's prime rate, whatever they call it. Um, So, you know, that's what that basically is. That's the not what LIBOR is, but that, you know, there's the basic rate on on top of which everything is set. And then that's the set by the central bank. Right. So when the money is created at the central bank, it is distributed to as we talked about a few times on the show, it's distributed to the commercial banks. Commercial banks have bank accounts at the whatever the central bank is, at least in our model, which is probably very similar to UK and Europe and pretty much everywhere else, I imagine. And then that bank account is an asset and a liability at the same time. And then the non-banks, which are like asset managers, pension funds, um, you know, a lot of other kind of financial groups like that that are specifically not banks, you can't hold bank accounts at them. What they do is they have bank accounts at the commercial banks. So the commercial bank has an account at the Fed And then that money is put on their asset sheet and then the non-banks have an account at the commercial bank. So, And then the actual non-banks, they have to have basically a more or less even balance of assets and liabilities. Say for a pension fund, a liability is going to be the pension itself. Um, meaning that it's the people you have to pay out. It's the, it's those are the liabilities. And then the assets are what the, uh, the money they're going to use to pay that out. So perhaps they they own a certain portfolio of anywhere from like, uh, you know, bonds, commercial paper, Uh, equities, you name it, they got it and they're making money on it. And then, so a lot of that money goes to actually fund the operation of the non-bank. And a lot of it goes to the actual pensioners uh, in this case, to which that money flows after they retire. Okay. So there's been arguments that a little bit more money goes to the uh, institution than it should, and a little less goes to the pensioners that could, Um, but that's neither here nor there in this case. Now uh, the non-bank rate is affected first by the prime rate, which comes from the Private central bank, but then when the central banks create money, they actually lend it to each other. Okay, and the rate at which those major banks lend it to each other, in this case, is LIBOR, and it was controlled um, up until uh, this year at June 30th, as Tom Longa has explained to us and is right here on Investopedia. So let's read it out: The London Interbank Offered Rate is a benchmark interest rate at which major global banks lend to one another in the international interbank market for short-term loans. That's why a lot of people confuse it for overnight because a lot of them are just overnight loans. LIBOR, which stands for London Interbank uh, Offered Rate, serves as a globally accepted key benchmark interest rate that indicates borrowing costs between banks. The rate is calculated and will continue to be published each day by the Intercontinental Exchange, which is the ICE, but due to recent scandals and questions around its validity, is a benchmark rate is being phased out. Okay, so according to the Federal Reserve and regulators in the UK, LIBOR will be phased out. June 30, 2023, and will be replaced by the secured overnight financing rate as part of this phase out. LIBOR, uh, one week and two month USD LIBOR rates are no longer published as of December 31st, 2021. Okay, so uh, an easy way to put this is going to be, you know, LIBOR being the, um, the London based, sort of the international based, international controlled rate offer. And then we have the secured overnight financing rate, which is more of a an American-based situation. And the argument from uh, Tom Luongo is that there is a bit of a war between the interests, the financial interests that are nationalists that have America at their, you know, as a priority, and then you have the uh, the LIBOR types, the ones who you know are running LIBOR, and they are the globalists, and they do not have our interest at heart. And Tom would say some pretty stronger things about. How much they don't have our interest at heart. I don't think we need to explain it on the show. Okay, so LIBOR went through a scandal. Um, the scandal was such that the rates were being manipulated. Okay, so let's just say uh, you're a mortgage lender, and and all of a sudden, and this was during the GFC in 2008. So, Great Financial Crisis happened. Um, you know, we had the humongous imbalance in. Uh, everything, mostly uh, for mortgage-backed securities. And then of course the housing market dumped and equity just evaporated. And when that happened, there was a lot of volatility. And w- in times of volatility, a lot of money can't be made. So when somebody at that time was wanting to buy a fixed rate loan, anybody who had control over the rate over the LIBOR was able to have control over what that fixed rate loan was. And therefore, when you have control over loan rates and you are a lender, You are actually, that is a majorly illegal conflict of interest in a sense, um, because the, uh, the loan rates are, they, they have control mechanisms that are allowable, but when you are a private banker manipulating rates and you get to profit off that manipulation, that is not legal. And a lot of guys went down for that. Um, so what was the LIBOR scandal? Pretty much what I just described. Um, Many leading financial institutions were implicated in the scandal, including Deutsche Bank, Barclays, Citigroup, JPMorgan Chase, and the Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, Questions around LIBOR's validity, as credible benchmark have have arisen, and now it's being phased out. Um, And some traders went to jail. Uh, Some did, some didn't. Um, But now what we're finding out, according to this article, uh, LIBOR 2.0, a couple days ago on Zero Hedge, is that what they're saying is that there's a report that came out um, who wrote this report... Uh oh, it's up here somewhere. Uh, Mr. Verity's Unearthed. Okay. the This came from the BBC. Um, it's, they're saying that there was suppressed evidence that indicated in October 20, uh, 2008, central banks intervene on a large scale in the setting of LIBOR and Euribor. Um, so the story so far has been that it was like these traders, um, people at the commercial bank uh, level who were, um, pretty much trying to get the rates a little bit lower than they needed to be during that time. And, um, you know, of course, uh, that would, as I described earlier, make room for a lot of illicit profit being made by those groups. But it turns out that evidence is coming to light to show that the central banks and even the government's pushed for this loan rate fixing, right? Um, so now what that does is okay, so they they had a couple what it looks like right now, right? What it looks like is that you had a few traders in the commercial bank uh, you know, sector, greedy bankers, and they were they were the fall guy, the patsy. And it looks like, according to this Verity, who did the report, is that according, and I'm going to read it right off the page here, so if Verity's allegations are true, the politicians and policymakers threw individual traders under the bus for actions they were coerced to take action from the top down, while at the same time admonishing those quote-unquote greedy bankers, okay? So we got about 10 minutes left, and the gorilla is actually far more versed on LIBOR and this whole thing than I am, so I'm going to yield the floor for the rest of the show and let the gorilla do his thing.
0: You know, it's interesting here, especially with Tom's data and, um, you know, what's been coming out uh, with with LIBOR um, and the reason for the switch is, is this, right? People don't realize this. There was a lot of things that led up to the issue with LIBOR and a lot of that stems from the great financial crash of 2008. But people don't realize that there was over, okay, there were the amount of loans and, 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 and that were written, that were undergirded by LIBOR, which was used by the majority of the planet, affected $800 trillion in lending. That's trillion with a T, okay? So when Powell came in, and one of the things that Wall Street did is they're like, wait a minute, if we're if we're linking every single one of our do- our, our loans, every single one of our our financial instruments and the and the lending markets are daisy chained to LIBOR, what will occur is that if there is a, any sort of a systemic risk, everything will be completely vaporized to the umpteenth level, and we won't we will be put on the hook for it. So what Wall Street did by switching from LIBOR to SOFOR is they have completely decoupled from the city of London in that regard. Okay, they've decoupled and they said, no, 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 no. We're not going to be – we have our problems. We have our issues. We have our systemic risks. But we're not going to take on your systemic risks. Because what LIBOR effectively does, it, 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 let's just say there's an economic crash it will create a detonating effect amongst the, amongst the entire Western banking system and any other country that's linked to the Western banking system. An absolute detonation. And the only one that can underwrite that debt that has been created because it was based on an interbank offer rate would be the City of London. In other words, they will be the liquidator of a global bankruptcy. Do you follow what I'm saying? Preach. So now, when we've decoupled from that, we're saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you be the underwriter of our demise. In fact, we're going to take that that, that ball away from you. We're going to be controlling our own destiny here. This is why it's so important, folks. That was the entire scheme. And that's why LIBOR was so damn dangerous. Can you imagine? Eight- Hundred trillion of loans that are out there that were affected and Wall Street said, no, we're not playing this game. That saved America and bought us some serious time. Cowboy. Yeah, so basically
2: it seems to me if I were to draw a picture of who's doing what to destroy who um, you know, City of London, Wall Street competitors work together sometimes, sometimes not. But uh, when you are competing you definitely even if you want your competition to survive it's better for them to be weaker than you yeah. and so i think that city of london is allowing this globalist cabal to infect the united states and and in particular to infect wall street cuz they they've infected the uk too socially
1: yeah
2: but it seems like uh you know it might be that the city of london itself and the banking apparatus um, over there might be kind of walled off from such, uh, you know, machinations as that word we talked about earlier. So, um, yeah, I think that perhaps this was a way to wall us off. And you know what? That's good. It's a form of decentralization. Um, you know, we still, believe it or not, we actually still <laughs> manufacture some things here. We make cars. Um, you know, we, ha- we would have to retool in order to become, um, you know, much more powerful um but you know i mean i've got family that that actually is in physical production i mean it still goes on here and a lot of business has reshored um in the last 3 years um so you know i do see that ramping up at least in real time uh now whether that will continue is another story but as we uh as we take back over our financial system um we will be able to have a lot more control over what happens here financially um our own risks like you said are our own uh the you know UK and Europe blow up. You, you know the thing is this: it's, it's, it's not going to directly this, hit us.
0: And folks, what, what I'm, I'm glad—it's amazing. You, know, you and I never talked before this show, and I'm and I'm—it's one of those shows that you know you come on. We t- you're talking about Libor, talking about we're talking about so forward touch base with what Tom talked about, right? Yeah. Now here's the thing that people don't realize, right? Um, the whole thing with Libor, right, and us, you know, going on so forth, it allows us. To deal with our problem, in other words, we become the captains of our destiny in how we manage and 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 uh, and uh, uh, down, you know, how we manage and write down our debt. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a huge thing. You well, know, so well, debt is money. Yeah.
2: Like, so if ESG is being controlled by the Davos crowd and the Davos crowd controls the City of London and the City of London via Libor is controlling us, well, then you know, cutting that tie. Is going to localize whatever decisions are made around such things as ESG, right? Um, and when things need to be retooled, it's going to make our decisions a lot more independent from the rest of the world, where we yeah. can actually be competitive. Because why? The rest of the world does not want. I mean, maybe they want us competitive, maybe they don't. But our direct competition is going to want us to be weaker than them. Yeah. That's the nature of competition. Absolutely. Um, so you know, that's that's a way to wall us off. That yeah. we won't we won't be. Uh, it's a firewall. It's like, uh, you know, we won't be
0: subject to the same viruses they are. Exactly. And here's the thing. This is why what Tom talked about, that the, that the battle for the debt ceiling is so vital and critical this August. It centers around that. What we're seeing, the battle over the debt ceiling is actually connected to the greater battle between the LIBOR, which basically the, the debt vaporization scheme that they're trying to do what Davos is trying to do which will cause the the majority of these countries in the world to be enslaved, right, especially in the Western world, to, to go down with the ship and us. That's why that whole debt ceiling thing, folks, this August is the canary in the coal mine. That's why this is what Tom Longo worried about. I'm worried about it. You should be worried about it, too. Go ahead, Campbell.
2: Well, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, look, I think <sighs> – yeah, I also think there's an element of kabuki theater to it. Um, I think until the actual decision is made, you're going to see these news articles of, of oh, well, uh, negotiations broke down, and you know there's going to be uh, political Richard. gerrymandering, and uh, really, Tom's show on Tuesday goes so far into it. I not I don't even want to to try to to discuss what that looks like because he he really go watch that show on Tuesday. Understand that there there's theater to it. Um, the decision, I think, if you asked me the decision is a good temperature check for, oh, yeah. um, for where we're at uh, as a country when it comes to the collective um, fiscal responsibility or lack thereof. I think that you know, it's, it's been just spend, 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 spend. And yep. the problem is, is that politicians understand that the more you spend, the more you make because they can get all the pork. So politicians are incentivized to have a large budget and it's a way to break our country. Because the more, look, there's a, there's a great video by, um, uh, this is months ago now by George Gannon that talks about a lot of the, oh, well, inflation destroys economies. He's like, well, actually, you know, he, he made a pretty good case to show that it's not inflation that destroys economies. It's actually government spending. And the more, the higher percentage of gdp that comes from government spending is the death knell it just so happens that inflation happens at the same time as a result so people blame the inflation but the reality is is that when you have that loss to society that i very snidely uh, pointed out earlier to condemn socialists as those who want to the, you know socialists want to hold back society some of them think they want to progress a lot i'd say 90 some odd percent of socialists think they're doing the right thing and that's actually the biggest problem um but you know in reality controlling price government programs forcing this forcing that forcing the economy that only holds things back they need to let go they need to let business do its thing absolutely you know i'm i'm sure you got some business dumping waste into a river somewhere we got to deal with that but that's very tangible and easy to deal with you know not yeah. some stupid thing that's you know a third of scientists don't even believe in uh like you know this this uh, global you know warming business so you know that's
0: you yeah climate like change denier, is cowboy you sound like yeah cl- climate change is
2: i'm not a scientist i'm not, i am not an atmospheric climatologist to be specific um but there are atmospheric climatologists who disagree with that theory and the primary problem with that theory is that carbon is the underlying primary input to all of those models and every single like uh, I think in the 70s, it was going to be an ice age. Oh,
0: yeah. In the 80s, it was going to be acid rain. Yep. You know, it, it, there's all In the 90s, 10 it was years global it, warming, and then that failed. Now it's just climate change, which is stupid. Yeah. It's the it's, climate is always changing. It's always
2: changing. So, you know, and, and I mean, there's all different degrees of scientists out there. They believe that maybe we have an effect, but it doesn't really do anything. You know, it's, it's a negligible effect. There's so many different opinions out there, but you only hear one. And uh, again, another Tom Luongo thing that he said was that, this business of firing tucker firing don lemon who's useless anyway firing a bunch of of like media people and then um soros buying up vice even though like you know i'd say 50 percent of people at least know vice is just bullshit but he bought vice up so it can just keep the idiots you know listening uh they're they're trying to take over the mass media but what they're missing is that uh, they're, they're riding it till the wheels fall off and the wheels are falling off because the mass media, the, the legacy media is exactly that. It's legacy media. The vast majority of people are now going to these kinds of platforms, us being a small intimate one. Um, but you know, you, you even have some of the alt people that have large audiences and Vela's will uh, wisely tell you that once your audience goes over a certain amount, possibly 100,000, of course, you, you start to be controlled or you lose your platform. But that said, um, you know, this decentralized uh, media that we're creating right now is where most people are going. So, you know, they're, they're trying to control the message. It's, it's getting a little bit dicey. Um, the next uh, the, the debt ceiling in the election will tell us a lot. You yep. tell us
0: a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. Cowboy, thank you so much for joining us, folks. Thank you again. It is the Market to Mayhem show Every Thursday, and you could also follow us right now. What's going on here? It's not allowing me to. Change. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, put the free, uh, the free YouTube in the in the chat at the beginning of the show. So you know, definitely go check that out. Come see us. Come talk to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And again, folks, you know, join Algo Factory. The best education, the most immersion into the trading. Um, I'd say the trading lifestyle. Yeah, it is, a yeah, it is. I mean, and and you know, real quick, uh, there
2: is an idea out there, like, okay, let me put it to you this way, if and I just put the link in the uh, in the chat um, for the YouTube for the free YouTube. Okay, so if trading goes away, we got a lot more problems than trading going away. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. If exactly. trading is gone, you're living in caves. Like, yeah. there's all the market is the last
0: thing to go. Okay? And, and and with that goes uh, anything else you could you, you could imagine you know?
2: Yeah. If if trade, if the markets are gone, we're living in caves and I just don't think that's going to happen. I I know there's a lot of talk out there about, you know, the world exploding and all that stuff. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, but you know, I'm not, I don't live in fear. I'm not going to live in fear and I'm certainly not going to peddle fear. Um, so what I am going to say though, is that, you know, uh, you can sort of look, uh, if you want to be pragmatic, right. We don't know that the world's going to explode. Even those who think the world's going to explode you don't know that it's going to explode. So, hope for the best and plan for the worst. That's it. You know?
0: That's it. You know, you as, do what you can. As I always say, make as much money as you can and get out of harm's way.
2: Yeah, and algo factory is a great place. Now, it's not Phenomenal a get rich place. quick, it's a yeah. lot of work. Um, you know, but uh I mean the the grill has gotten to see me do some pretty fine episodes, especially uh er, fine uh, fine talks clinics. on our we'll episodes. Call it on clinics. We put on a clinic in there. That's the word. Clinic. Um, so, you know, basically we had a, we had a killer clinic on, uh, on Tuesday yeah, lab really is what we call it, the live lab.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, come on in there. It's extremely cheap. It's not going to be cheap for long. It's 49 99. It's probably going to go up closer to two or $300 at some point, but those who get in and do not let their membership lapse, will be able to take advantage of the highest tier that we offer. As long as they keep that subscription and don't let it lapse and they'll keep that price. They'll be grandfathered in. So if you're interested in this. Uh, You know, there's never been a better time than right now. And with that being said, folks, we are at the end of the
0: show. We're over now. Peace out, Cub Scouts.